Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. We're in the summer season now and obviously the volume of traffic has increased on the roads. And, um, you know, I just wanted to remind people that with schools finishing up for holidays and we'll see, you know, roads, towns, shops, attractions all busier. And we just have to do things to consciously work at avoiding accidents. Right, so you are very much, you're in tandem with what Stephen Ennis has spoken to us about already in Angara Shikana because you see it from the other aspects because you see cases coming to court, John. So, I do. Yeah, and we, we hear the stories of tragic road accidents all the time and common sense as it may seem, you want to remind people to take care and you've, you're, you're coming at this from your own legal aspect uh, as well as safety aspect. I am and, uh, you know, every day when I'm driving myself um, I, I just see things that are sometimes unbelievable and I really would encourage people to do a number of simple things slow down never drink and drive wear your seat belt uh, make sure your car is road roadworthy um, and I'm not sure if people realize that you your car can actually be seized if you don't have a current NCT on it um, and really you got to drive with care and be aware of other road users when we're sitting in a car it's comfortable we might have the heat on or the cooler on at this time of the year you know, we press a couple of buttons and we can go from zero to 60 in a very short period of time. And there's people all around us, pedestrians, cyclists, scooters, all these things. We've just got to slow down and be aware of the potential of causing serious injury to other people. Hmm. Uh, don't use a mobile phone when you're driving. Uh, obviously, don't drive under the influence of drugs or drink, which I've mentioned already. And I think most importantly... Because of the comfort we have sitting in our cars, have a bit of consideration for other drivers, particularly those displaying L plates and N plates. And, you know, I'm not a saint. We all know you're, you're in a hurry to get somewhere. You see the L plate or the N plate in front of you, and your first thought might be, it might be oh, no. But you've got to suck it up and you've got to relax and say, right. that was me once. I was that learner driver. Give him or her a little bit of space, slow down and take it easy. What will it take to get motors to slow down? Well, um, I would hope that uh, none of your listeners end up in a serious accident. I've been in a few. Um, I'm glad to say they weren't my fault and I was very lucky to escape. But it's not a nice thing to be in. Uh, I've seen a huge number of very serious injuries in the business that I take care of here uh, with all the other people in John A. Senate and Co. And an awful lot of those accidents are caused by speed. So speed is a major factor. Uh, the Gardaí, and you'll remember Minister Shane Ross was talking about uh, putting in fines instead of €80 Euro fixed penalty that there'd be a €2,000 uh, fixed penalty and seven penalty points if people were caught doing more than 30 kilometres above the speed limit. Uh, now, do we have to do that um, and put people off the road before we learn lessons about slowing down? Maybe we do. At the moment, you, you have four strikes, three points for speeding, or five if you don't pay the fixed notice and it goes to court. So um, four threes is 12 and that's it. You're off the road. Um, yeah. So it's it, the penalty at the moment is quite severe. and But you can't expect the guards or cameras to be everywhere. And in rural areas, particularly on country roads, yeah. some people are just, they drive at ridiculous speeds. Yes, we all know that the speed limit on a lot of them is 100 kilometres per hour. But that's the absolute limit. Um, an awful lot of the roads are not suitable 
for doing 100 kilometres per hour. They're not even suitable for 80. And if you have two cars coming at each other, even doing 60 kilometres per hour, mm-hmm. per hour, that's a potential collision of 120 kilometres per hour. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine you're on the motorway, you're doing 120 kilometres per hour, and suddenly you slap into something, and it's an extraordinary, extraordinarily violent collision. And I, I, I just don't think a lot of drivers get that. Yes. Um, what the potential is, you're rattling along, you think you're doing fine, yeah, I always drive this way. The other person is thinking the same thing, coming the other way on a narrow country road, somebody makes a little mistake, yeah. and you have a horrific accident. All right, a lot of people come to talk to you, John, about road traffic accidents, or offences, uh, you know, that they may have had on the road. What other types of accidents do people come to speak to you about? Well, uh, you mentioned the injury as, as a result of road traffic. Um, that's obvious. Uh, you also have injury at work. Um, people getting burnt in kitchens uh, due to wrong procedures, exposure maybe to harmful chemicals in some factories. Um, uh, you know, your pedestrians being hit by cyclists or scooters. And could I just mention that there? there's a lot of worry about, you know, cyclists and scooters not being insured. Just because you're a cyclist or scooter and you don't have insurance doesn't mean you can't be sued by the pedestrian that you knocked down. And... I, I think some people are going around with the notion that, uh, sure, I won't be responsible anyway, if, even if I fly through the traffic lights. You are responsible, and if you're the cyclist or the scooter person and you knock somebody down, you can be sued, you will be found responsible, and you'll have a fine, fat bill to pay for a number of years. And just because you're not insured doesn't mean you don't have to pay it. It means it's going to come out of your wages, uh, possibly for the next five to ten years. So everybody needs to take care. You can have other injuries uh, from faulty goods. We had a very nasty case a few years ago here where somebody bought a new, very comfortable chair. And the first time he sat on it, there was a very large upholstery needle which had been left in the chair. And I'll give you one guess where the needle went when he sat on it. Um, It was a rather nasty injury. Um, You wouldn't think that could happen, but it did. Uh, You also have then, uh, sometimes unfortunately, you have medical negligence that uh, a procedure was done incorrectly. Hmm. Um, In a hospital, that can be quite traumatic and uh, is a whole field in itself Um, we've had situations of we've had situations of people buying new crockery and uh, it's not properly finished and they cut themselves on a sharp edge Mm -hmm. Uh, that's unfortunate for the manufacturer and shouldn't happen but we've seen all these things happening Uh, if uh, it's important to stress uh, John that there are three points I believe uh, if you're making a personal injury claim what are those points well that the incident wasn't your own fault Mm -hmm. and that the some other person, uh, which we describe as a third party, had a duty of care towards you, yeah. and that third party was negligent. Okay, that, uh, you you can't make a claim. Yeah. You can't make a claim, for instance, if yeah. you simply fall and nobody was at fault, yeah. regardless of how serious your injuries are. Yeah. If you are just rushing and you trip. Uh, it's not necessarily somebody else's fault. And though you might be badly injured, your nose broken or whatever, uh, it is just not somebody else's fault. So you can't always blame somebody else. You you used the word negligence there. Can you give some examples of negligence? Well, an employer, for instance, um, who hasn't provided adequate training to an employee to use hazardous equipment could be negligent. Uh, We've seen many of those cases. Uh, a motorist driving recklessly is, is maybe negligent on the roads. We all have a duty of care towards our fellow road users. Um, 
let's say you have a business owner, maybe an office owner like myself, where you have um, somebody doing a bit of hoovering and the cable is across the front door and somebody's coming in and they trip, obviously that's uh, foreseeable risk and is negligent. Uh, if you're running a busy office and you have people coming and going, doing their best to do their work and you have a situation has developed over the years where you have lots of cables strewn across the floor and guess what? Somebody trips and hurts themselves. That could be negligent uh, for not tidying the thing up. Um, so they're examples of negligence. Okay, time is catching up on me. Um, what should a person do if they think they have a personal injury claim? First, um, and most importantly, is report the incident to whoever else is involved. It could be the county council, it could be your employer, the owner of the premises, or indeed the Gardaí if you're involved in a road traffic accident, and of course your insurance company. Even if you feel you're completely in the right, you have a duty to let your insurance company know that an accident has happened. Obviously, if you're injured, uh, you'll be visiting your doctor or the hospital or appropriate medical professional. Uh, keep a record of the date and what happened. Uh, contact details of witnesses, take a few photographs of what happened, and then I suggest you should contact your solicitor yeah. um, to get uh, legal proceedings going, if they're warranted, and any such proceedings must commence within two years. And you're expected, by the way, everybody's heard of the Personal Injuries Board, you're expected to notify them of an accident very quickly. All right, I have a question to conclude, John. My daughter fell off a scooter on a broken footpath. She broke her jaw and teeth. She got stitches underneath her jaw. Who is responsible for this? It's possible that the uh, contractor who put in the footpath or the local authority might be responsible. But there's a technical issue with regard to what's called non-feasance or misfeasance if the job was done badly. And relatively recently, you could have a case against the local authority or the contractor if it was simply wear and tear hmm. uh, that caused the cracking, you might not have. But I suggest that you should contact your solicitor and have a discussion about what exactly happened. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views. Alan Corcoran.